Hey, this is Major Tom, and you're listening to The Dispatch on Star Radio. I'm Tom Wilson, and I'm your host for today. This is the show we talk about the news from the previous week, so you can impress your parents and, you know, feel more cultivated in yourself and, you know, and be smart students and all that. Hi, sorry I'm late. Um, I was in Dundee getting a pre-flight LFT test because... Well, starting starting from tomorrow, we're on break here in St. Andrews. And so I'm going to Belgium to see my family. Um, so that should be fun. The test is negative. Great news. Um, yeah. Uh, happy for it. I'll be back next week. Don't worry. Um, I'll be back to bless your ears with uh, terrible news around the world that'll make everyone sad. I'll be back. I'll be back uh, for Friday. I'll be, you know, just in Belgium till Wednesday. I don't know. Maybe I'll be doing something else uh, next few days. But, um, yeah, the weather outside, well, it's better now. It was it was pretty badly raining. The good thing is, well, we're going to talk about the storm. We're going to talk about Storm Eunice. That's one of our big stories today. We've got a couple. Um, uh, I want to say congrats, to everyone, for the first uh, sort of assessment week. Uh, I know, uh, you know, it's been tough for a few, for a number of us, came back from break and instantly, you know, winter break, instantly we're back. We've got our, our, our ISAs due, so congrats to everyone who got theirs done. Uh, really good job. Proud of you guys. But yeah, weather-wise, it was raining today. That wasn't fun. Uh, uh, now it's clearing up. It's actually getting, getting a bit sunny. I'm looking outside the window. But yeah, so let's uh, jump right in, shall we? Let's talk about Storm Eunice. Uh, it's the storm that has been hitting the south of Britain quite hard. Um, there's been a, there's actually in Britain, for those of you who aren't from Britain, there's a different sort of color coding system for different storms. So um, you have yellow for sort of like, the, you know, just kind of like be careful, you know, it's going to be um some wind, some rain, but it shouldn't be too bad. Then you have or- amber, which is um, kind of looks a bit like orange, actually. That's kind of like, be careful. This game be much a bit worse. Be careful because trees might fall and all that. But it's not the worst yet. And then you have red, and that's bad, bad, bad. Stay home and all that. We actually had a red um, weather problem uh, in first semester, actually. I forgot if you guys remember that storm that we had. That was a... Really bad winds. Actually, my academic dad's car was uh, a tree fell on it, which was not very fun. Um, hope uh, you've got a new car now, Fraser. But yeah, so those, this storm Eunice uh, is really hitting the south of England quite hard. We should be fine here in Scotland. Uh, it's only yellow for us at the moment. Not too bad. I mean, at the moment, as I said, it's clear skies outside, so we shouldn't necessarily worry. But it is not too great if you're in the south of England in the Isle of Wight. They've recorded winds of up to 92 miles per hour. And for my friends who, like me, aren't very good at understanding miles because we grew up in countries that uh, use kilometers, you know, the normal units. Sorry about that. You know, it's true. Kilometers work better than miles. I'm sorry. 
Uh, it, that's 148 kilometers per hour. That's fast. I do not want to be caught in that. I hope everyone in the Isle of Wight is safe. Millions of people have been told to stay home. Um, the power grids have been affected. Uh, I think some people have already lost power, which is, you know, it's not fun. Um, you know, and uh, I hope everyone stays safe, especially because we're still in winter. You know, we're going to enter spring soon. We're going to enter spring soon. Should be, um, you know, warmer weather should be on the way, inshallah, as they say back home. But yeah, uh, hopefully uh, everyone stays warm, stays safe. Uh, it should again it shouldn't be too bad um, here. The actually the trains have been affected a little bit around here. Uh, I think it was yesterday that it was either yesterday or the day before. I should really be prepared on these things, shouldn't I? Um, Scott Rail stopped their 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 train travel at 4 p.m. So anyone past that couldn't actually who needed to use the train couldn't actually travel anywhere, which sucks. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have on Storm Eunice. Um, I'm going to try and do things a bit differently today, actually, because I was monologuing last time, especially the Ottawa and the, um, Ukraine. How am I forgetting? How am I forgetting the, the story we're going to talk about again, um, in a little bit, you know, never stops, uh, you know, wars, everyone's going to constantly go at war or whatnot, but we'll talk about that in a little sec. Um, some people were telling me, uh, that, the sort of length that I was going to, like sort of, it was about 20 minutes, I think it was, 20, 25 minutes of non-stop talking, not really any breaks, so I'm going to include a bit more music this time, uh, so a few more breaks so you don't get overloaded by info uh, and all that, but yeah, before we do that, I just want to mention something uh, about last episode, um, the last time I was, uh, well last week, obviously, last week. Um, that was my first show, uh, my first ever time being in front of a microphone live on air, and it's the live aspect that really scared me, because while I've done concerts uh, in front of hundreds of people, n- not bragging, but you know, this it feels very different, because if you're doing a show um, on stage, you've kind of really rehearsed it and rehearsed it, rehearsed it. Sure, you can re- rehearse a radio show, I mean, I've got notes, um, I've got notes on my phone that I've taken down about different news stories, different things I'm going to talk about. But it feels different. It, it, it's like there's no... You can't necessarily practice being in front of the microphone. And there's a lot of unscripted things. Like, this is actually kind of unscripted uh, and more rambling, which I'm good at. My friends will tell you I don't shut up. So that's something I'm probably good at. Um, but, yeah, it was quite stressful. Um, <laughs> when talking about the movie Dune last time... Um, I, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I managed to completely mess up my words, and I said, quote, for, uh, quote, I said, there was a colonization aspect to it, which was pretty cool, I guess. Um, if you don't know me, um, I'm going to make it clear and say, colonization is not cool. Uh, I, I'm very much against it. I said this wasn't going to be an opinionated show, but yeah, I'm going to draw the line at colonialism. Uh, sorry, hot take. Colonialism is bad uh, because people die and you exploit people, right? I think we can all agree on that, hopefully. Um, I meant to say it was an interesting part of the story, but uh, after I listened to it uh, again, 
I've listened to the show again, which, by the way, the show is on Spotify, Apple Music now. You can check it out. Um, um, if you want a link, because, you know, we're obviously not a, uh, a famous show, so you kind of need to scroll down. I think if you put in The Dispatched and then uh, Tom Wilson, it will come up. I believe so. I, I tried that. Uh, but otherwise, uh, good luck scrolling or uh, hit me up uh, on Star the Dispatch on Instagram uh, or tomh.wilson. Uh, and I'll send you a link over. But yeah, uh, I was listening to it again, uh, and I managed to realize why I'd said uh, that was stupid. Uh, but yeah, it was the nerves of doing the show for the first time and being unsure about what am I going to say, you know, um, you know, just the nerves, which hopefully you can hear now at the moment. I'm feeling much, much more relaxed. I'm feeling much more at ease. I've got, I know how to use the switchboard. I've got the mic, you know, I know how to, uh, I've got the computer in front of me. I've got the music queued up and everything. So hopefully I sound much more confident and I'm not going to say things like, uh, you know, uh, all that, which I probably already have. You could probably count them, but yeah. So that's uh, just a bit of a tangent, uh, just to talk about uh, the previous show. Uh, before we go on to our next news story, um, which is uh, the uh, great and fun topic of Ukraine. Yeah, we're back at it. Yeah, we're, we're back at it. We're back talking about Ukraine, and are we going to go to war? Now, before I lay out the facts, uh, well, before I lay out um, the updates from last week, Last week, I made, a bold, I made a bold claim. I said, uh, you know, I'm not an expert. I'll never claim to be an expert. I'm a second-year university student. Maybe in a couple of years, maybe I can be considered an expert on some things. But at this exact moment, um, I'm absolutely not an expert on anything. So I claimed on the show, I said that, you know, the chances of there being a war are incredibly unlikely. Uh, and I stand by that. Which was, but uh, it was quite stressful the day later, to see on the news uh, that the West and Joe Biden and a lot of the leaders believe that a war could be, that a Russian invasion of Ukraine could be imminent in 48 hours. And that was two days of me constantly looking at my phone and thinking, please don't do it. Please don't do it for two reasons. One, war is bad, right? Obviously, you don't want people, you don't want people to die. And two, please, I have this reputation on the line. I'm one episode in. If I say a claim... And it gets completely proven wrong on something like this. I'm going to look like it. Uh, actually, can I say can I say idiot? Uh, I've probably said it first episode. I'm going to look silly. I'm going to look silly. Um, which is not a good thing. But to go, uh, to stop rambling and to go on talk about Ukraine. So after the last show, so that was about uh, over, the, over the weekend uh, last week. Joe Biden and the Western countries said that a Russian invasion of Ukraine was imminent within the next 48 hours. They were claiming that um, uh, Russia would try and find a sort of false flag, try and find a reason to justify an invasion. Um, so that's what they were claiming. And there was quite a lot. Uh, I don't know if you see if you saw if you're walking in, in, in if you live in Britain, you definitely if you look, looked at the newspaper section, especially the tabloids. Uh, it made it sound like we were back in 1939 and the, um, you know, World War Three was going to happen because all they were printing and, you know, I'm not a fan of tabloids, but all they were saying was, you know, like, you know, the age of war is here, the dawn of war, um, which, you know, if you understandably don't want to get depressed and follow news, was probably sounding quite, um, 
quite ominous and all that. Um, but 48 hours passed and still no invasion. Um, nothing really changed. Um, there was a lot of, of rhetoric going on uh, from both sides. Uh, nothing really changed in, in those 48 hours. And then earlier this week, Russia uh, stated that it was pulling back some of its troops. I think it said it pulled back a, a few thousand uh because it, 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 what Russia has been doing, actually, they've been doing some uh, joint exercises um, with, with, with other countries it's allied, allied with, uh, which, uh, which is done, what they say is just to make themselves, um, you know, just, just normal military drills that you will see uh, in different places across the world. But what they were saying was, um, uh, you, you know, what Ukraine was kind and the West were worried about was that this was just uh, a practice for an actual invasion. Um, the Ukraine and the West weren't sh- have come out and said, uh, we, we, we don't really see any proof of Russia pulling back uh, in any way. Um, uh, we, you know, we, we want Russia to show proof of this. Uh, so it's still, the stalemate is still there. Um, you have a lot of Ukrainian staff said um, that they'd be willing to take arms to protect their country. Uh, the West, again, have said you know they'll support Ukraine and say to Russia, hey, you invade, um, you know, bad things will happen to you. Uh, so we're pretty much, uh, in general, we're in the same place as we were last week, with the slight exception that the West was saying, you know, it, it, one side was saying that an invasion was was, was imminent, so we had a bit of stress um, over the, you know, for, for, for about 48 hours. Uh, but now it, everything's calmed down uh, a little bit, it seems. So that should be... Um, oh, yeah. Um, Americans. Uh, there was a good BBC article of a number of Americans saying that they are staying in Ukraine. That they, uh, they, they, they can't leave the country for multiple reasons. Some of jobs, some of families. And some even call it home. Um, and I really related to that. Um, as, as, as I say, stated in the first episode, you know, I, I, I grew up in, 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 in different countries, most notably Oman, which is what I call home. Um, now, let me be clear and say that um, I, I would never be someone to take up arms, mostly for, the, for two reasons. One, you know, I, I don't want to kill people. Two, um, most important reason... Uh, you know, a child could beat me up if they wanted to. Ch- uh, you know, a-, a child could genuinely fight me and beat me up. So I would die. If any war breaks out, I'll be the first casualty. I'll be remembered in history as the first casualty of of, of World War Three if that happens. Because if I try and fight, I am dead. I am. I uh, there is there is no way I'm surviving any any longer. So some Americans are saying they're staying because of families, and and I think some some Brits as well. Because there was um, um, the Western governments had said, "Hey, uh, please, if if you uh, please try and evacuate," you know, they were they were evacuating their embassies, burning documents, and all that. But a lot were saying that they couldn't leave, and I, and I really related to that because it, it depends how bad it would get. But if I was back home uh, in Oman and war was about to break out with whatever country. I'd find it difficult to leave. Like, it depends. If, if I was told, hey, uh, your house is going to get bombed, well, I'd probably leave, you know? Um, 
I, I wouldn't exactly want to stay there. So, um, uh, but <laughs> it's a weird thing because you call it home. You know, um, I think people, even if you grew up in the UK or in the US, you'd find it difficult to just get up and leave. Just because you're not necessarily from a country like the Brits and the Americans, they're not necessarily from Ukraine. You know, they, they wouldn't call themselves Ukrainians. They probably speak Ukrainian quite well, but, you know, some might. But you the, you get adopted. It really relates to me because, you know, it becomes your adopted home. And it feels wrong to just leave these people that, you know, the other Ukrainian citizens that you meet every day. Just say, OK, bye. Yeah, you know, you guys, you deal with that. Yeah, have fun. But yeah, it really, I, I, it really struck me, and I think I, I'd probably do the same thing. I, I couldn't be, I wouldn't be able to just get up and leave. So that's uh, yeah. With Ukraine, uh, there was one question, one more thing. Uh, sorry, I'm not very good at these. Um, uh, uh, I'm having a few tangents actually, but uh, just trying to figure out the show. We're figuring out as we go along. So it's only episode two. Um, episode one was me being very monotone. Uh, reading off my laptop uh, of all the notes I'd made. So this is a bit of a different one, as I said. I mean, I I'm nearing 20-minute mark, so I should probably play music soon, shouldn't I? But, um, but yeah, I'm going to try and make it a bit more personal, try and, uh, you know, try a bit different, and we'll listen to it, and maybe maybe I'll find this was a terrible show, and I should go back to how I did it the first episode. But uh, the big question with Ukraine is, who is pushing war the most? Now, obviously we know Russia has its army, built up on the Ukrainian border, which frightens Ukraine, understandably, right? You know, if any country gets uh, surrounded by uh, a foreign force, especially one that they, uh, you know, don't get on with, and that's one thing. But, as I mentioned in the first episode, this seems to all link back to NATO uh, and, and Ukraine's potential membership of, of, of NATO, and uh, actually, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, was interviewed the other day by the BBC, and he said that, you know, Ukraine needs to join NATO to protect itself from Russia. So, but the West have been, as I said, claiming, hey, uh, there's going to be an invasion, there's going to be an invasion, war's going to happen, war's going to happen. And it doesn't happen. So who is pushing this the most? Is it the West, say, is it the West saying, uh, you know, there's going to be war, there's going to be war? hoping there's a war, or is it Russia with their military on the border? Again, my take as a non-expert, just, you know, reading articles, listening to my tutors, being a good, a good boy in class, it seems to just all go back to NATO and, and, and these agreements made in the 90s, as I mentioned last week, that Russia does not want uh, uh, another NATO power on its border, as it feels threatened. It, it, it's a concept called realism. Uh, in, in international relations, uh, to make it simple, it's sort of it's based on security um, and all that, and so it's it's it, it's actually pretty complicated. So I'll try and make it easier, but yeah, um, it, it seems that both sides are trying to blame blame the other. Um, hopefully, uh, Russia can pull back its military and not go to war, and the West can stop being inflammatory. Um, yeah, I said you know I don't want to be opinionated on this show. Um, so, yeah, this is pretty much the situation as it is now. Now, we're going to turn to uh, better stuff, and it's music. Um, I've been listening to a lot of R&B this, uh, this last week. For a mention that I will mention after this first song that I will play. Um, this is a song 
by the R- great R&B queen Mary J. Blige. Um, and it's the teaser of our next story, which I promise will not involve war or storms. Okay? I promise you. I promise you. This is, um, is going to be a bit of a hybrid. It's actually, hopefully, a lot of people will be interested by this. But if you hear this song and you heard it over the weekend, uh, you'll know what this next story is going to be about. So here we go. Uh, this is Mary J. Blige, Family Affairs. See you in about four minutes.
That was Mary J. Blige, Family Affairs, um, as heard in the Super Bowl halftime show this weekend. Um, again, as I said, this show is current affairs, but uh, I also try and make it a bit more about entertainment. And I'm sorry if um, if it sounds like I'm going on tangents uh, this week. Uh, I've been really trying to find news stories while balancing essays. Remember, remember I am a full-time student. Um, uh, this is, um, this is you know, I, I really care for this show, uh, but I'm also trying to make it uh, less monotone in other ways. So forgive me uh, if the shift sounds a bit different. But Super Bowl this weekend, um, not very big, obviously, in Europe. Uh, American football is a very North American sport. But um, I went to go see it in the Students' Union, and I was pretty impressed. Uh, it was actually really, really fun. Um, this is a huge event in the United States. Uh, it's it's much more than just it's much more than just sport. Um, in Europe, you'll see uh, if you go watch you know the World Cup or even like the Euros or the Champions League. That's very sports based. This is much more about uh, this is very much a national thing. Um, it's about entertainment. So if we just get the sport quickly out of the way, uh, the LA Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals uh, by a score of twenty three to twenty. Um, the Cooper Cup of the Rams scored a final minute touchdown and uh, Joe Burrow of uh, the Bengals who is their quarterback was very much outplayed um, but the big story that comes out every time of the Super Bowl and especially this year was the halftime show which is um, which if you don't know what it is it's pretty much at halftime instead of just playing a normal break with ads they have artists come up and play music and uh it's sort of this really big event and actually for a lot of artists even if they've been in the game for for years and years this is this is the one this is this is pretty much a gig that everyone wants so um the performers this year um were stars from the uh, late 90s to early 2000s you had dr dre snoop dogg 50 cent who was a special guest Mary J. Blige, who I just played um, just now, Eminem, and uh, another guest was Anderson Park on the drums. They played the songs the next episode, California Love, which is a two-pack song, In the Club, Family Affairs, the one you just heard, No More Drama, Forget About Dre, Lose Yourself, and Still D.R.E. Now, that sounds like a lot of songs, um... It is, but it was very much very well flown together across the 15 minutes. It was very, very impressive. The, uh, the, there was a lot of dancers on stage. The, there's like three stages, which are meant to represent Compton, the uh, area of, of L.A. that, um, that uh, Dre and, and uh, Kendrick... Can, oh, did I mention? Oh, I completely forgot. This is not smart of me. How would I forget this? And Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar was on stage. He was part of this more new school generation of rappers. And how this relates to more um, police, like there were multiple current affairs moments in this, actually, which is quite cool. Uh, in the sense, uh, sort of political moments happened. Uh, firstly, um, most notably, Eminem kneeled uh, at the end of his song. Uh, and if you don't know why kneeling is a big thing, um, it has to do with... Um, a couple of years ago, this the whole kneeling movement started with this with this NFL player called Colin Kaepernick, who uh, kneeled during the national anthem. And in the United States, 
they played the national anthem before every game. So it's kind of like it, it was a protest against police brutality and racial injustice in America. And that didn't go down well with the NFL. It didn't go down well with a lot of people. A lot of people supported him. Uh, you know, we on this show, we support uh, people trying to fight for uh, against inequality and against police brutality. But a lot of people in the United States took issue with that. So pretty much um, Kaepernick was, in a sense, ousted out of the NFL. So Eminem taking the knee uh, was a big thing. Um, symbolically, they showed... Um, sort of it showed that especially with the events with um the protests in may 2020 because police brutality is still ongoing it's not it's not something that uh, that was resolved because people protested for a for a few weeks so it, it was a big moment uh whether he was allowed to do it or not there was debate whether the nfl had said no and he did it anyway or if they didn't care and he did it the point being, this was um, a big moment because it kind of sent. It, it was a symbolic moment that showed, you know, uh, that on this big stage, that could happen. Um, and it keeps up the fight. Uh, it's you know, it's 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 not going to change anything overnight. But uh, it was quite a, a, a important moment for Eminem, who himself, uh, if you listen to a lot of his discography. Um, gives a lot of uh, of love to black artists especially you know hip hop and rap is is originally you know it, it's it's african american culture uh, it's culture from the streets it's 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 you know you wouldn't necessarily associate it with a guy from detroit which eminem is from um but um he's always shown a lot of love uh, for his predecessors uh, for people in the african american community um so this was a big moment um uh, for, for for people and seeing, you know, trying to fight against racial injustice. On a similar vein, um, two songs were performed, The two of, two of the songs that were performed, All Right and Still D.R.E., uh, obviously mentioned the words, uh, well, in All Right, it's, and we hate Popo, want to kill us in the street for show, which is, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the word Popo was censored when Kendrick said it, um, which is a shame, but, um, but, you know, it's a big statement to say that in the biggest um, live event in the United States every year, um, uh, there was actually quite a lot of backlash to it, um, which was, in, which was um, well, to be expected, actually. I mean, if you followed the, the, the protest, protest in the light of George Floyd's murder and, 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 and all, you know, it happened with, with, with Trayvon Martin, happened with, um, with um, uh, you know, Ahmed Aubrey, um, people will take issue. Uh, with people who who complain about how the police handle certain events, um, and then still Diari, um, uh, Doctor A got to say his line, still not loving the police. So it seems like there was a bit of a change in culture um, across. You know, th th this show seemed. You know, people called this show a bit of a throwback. Uh, it said that people brought a lot of people who are now uh, millennials or Gen Xers back to their childhood. Uh, well, child, sorry, not childhood. Obviously, no, not say childhood, but. Um, adolescence to young adulthood um but a lot of people also saw the message coming from it uh, as an important thing because this was the first full hip-hop performance in super bowl history and it was very very well received uh, some people took uh, offense to uh, the dancers in um when 50 cent performed in the club now as you can hear from the title in the club is about 
people being in a club, in a nightclub. So, uh, yeah, some people did not like that some of the dancers, you know, shook a little bit. Um, but, you know, that's bound to happen. Uh, I thought it was very, very well done. I thought it was incredibly impressive. Um, so, moving on now, we're going to play uh, our next song, which is uh, was played at the Super Bowl, and that's All Right by Kendrick Lamar. Um, unfortunately, I have to play the clean version uh, because we are pre-Watershed uh, and in the UK, um, you can, it's not necessarily like in the US where you can say, hey, you know, my radio show is for people only of this age and over. And, you know, because of this, of this age and over, and I've said that, I can play not clean music. Um, you know, I don't want to swear on this show. I don't necessarily want to. It's just, you know, it just doesn't really fit the vibe of, you know, current affairs. But, you know, it, it, when it comes to music, like Kendrick Lamar's music, that's part of the message. You know, it's just part of the literature. Uh, so that's a shame. But I'll still play it because that was part of the Super Bowl. And this is an anti-police brutality song uh, that was very, very pertinent during the George Floyd protest. You could hear it a lot. Uh, in the streets and if you you know pay attention to the protests um i very much recommend that everyone listen to his 2015 album to pimp a butterfly which this song is on um very very incredible incredible message um it's a statement it's not necessarily just great music well it is great music but it's um yeah it's an incredible statement so just now we're going to play all right by kendrick lamar see you in a little bit Trips like yeah, Nazareth. I'm f***ed up, homie. You f***ed up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a against in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone great. Trying to side my faces all day. Won't you please believe when I say? When you know we've been hurt, been down before. When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? And we hate poor, poor. Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. I'm at the preacher's door. My knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. Live at the mall. I can see the evil. I can tell it. I know it's illegal. I don't think about it. I deposit every other zero. Thinking of my partner. Put the candy painted on a Rico. Digging in my pocket. In a profit. Big enough to feed you every day. My logic. Get another dollar just to keep you in the presence of your Chico. Ah! I don't talk about it. Be about it. Every day I seek you. If I got it, then you know you got it. Heaven, I can reach you. Pet up, pet up, pet up, my dog. That's all. Pick back. 
fucking chat, I trap them back for y'all. I rap, I black on tracks, so rest assured. My rights, my wrongs, I write till I'm right with God. When you know we've been hurt, been down before. When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? And we hate poor, poor, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. In my prayers. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers. That was All Right by Kendrick Lamar. I really hope you enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite songs. Again, as I said, the message of it is great. Um, listen, please, please listen to the full album. Um, so, next story. Uh, we've gone on from cool entertainment news. Back to more depressing news. Yay! Um, and we're going to talk about, uh, very quickly, Prince Andrew uh, settling with uh, Virginia Guff and that. So, as a lot of you may know, uh, Prince Andrew, uh, who is the son of the Queen, uh, he's one of the the Queen's four children. I think it's four. Don't want to mess that up, but I think it's four. Um, he was accused of being of multiple things. One is um, assaulting, uh, you know, underage children, which is not great, and uh, being friends with. Um, a man's name you've probably heard quite a lot, which is Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, Epstein's friend, um, Ghislaine Maxwell. And uh, Epstein and Maxwell uh, have been... Uh, well, Maxwell's been convicted, um, um, and Epstein's dead. But they were convicted of, um, of um, having a child sex trafficking ring. Um which, uh, you know, obviously, uh, that's hor- that's horrendous. And um, we hate, you know, for that to be a thing. Um, and it's a good thing that, you know, uh, sorry for being opinionated again. It's a good thing they're in jail, right? Or, you know, Epstein. Um, but, yeah, Prince Andrew was accused uh, by Virginia Gough uh, uh, of this being, uh, of, of having sexually assaulted her uh, when she was 17. And this case has been going on for a while. Um, uh, in the 2000s, uh, she was um there was a uh, non-disclosure agreement and the settlement paid out um but uh, during the me too movement in 2019 when when epstein was was fine was arrested and put in jail uh, there was um she, guff came out and and spoke on her story um this has all come to uh, what we believe is the end for now of this story which is uh, the civil case, because there was going to be a criminal case uh, in the United States, but um, in, that would mean for Andrew to go to, you know, it'd be have to be extradition, which is very iffy because he's a royal. 
And it's very complicated stuff, which I'm not necessarily going to go into now since we only have 12 minutes left. Um, but what you need to know is that there was a civil case uh, and the civil case has ended with Prince Andrew uh, and Virginia Guff settling out of court and Prince Andrew paying um, uh, Virginia, paying Virginia Guff uh, um, um, a, a settlement which has raised some eyebrows because uh it's been that we don't know what it is um um and it's been you know described as vague um but in relation to whether he um um in, in relation to whether you know did he abuse virginia Guffer or not um um the well, the statement in the bbc says that the duke of york agreed to pay an undisclosed sum as part of the settlement and accepted Ms. Guff had suffered as a victim of abuse. He made no admission of liability and, all, and has always denied the allegations. Uh, American lawyer Lisa Bloom said it was a huge victory for Ms. Guff. This is a hu- monumental win for Virginia, said Ms. Bloom, who represents several s- of sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's victims, adding that it was a win for everyday people standing up against the rich and powerful. Uh, which is, you know, it's true. I'm very happy that um, that Guff got the got 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 paid. Uh, you know, it obviously been years of trauma for her. Um, but I guess it's important to know as well that Prince Andrew did not ad- ad- admit that he did it. So we're still um, we're we still stuck um, we're still stuck um, at, at this at this impasse. Um, the public feeling is that he did, but again, public is not court. Uh, and again, we'll try and remain impartial on this show, but um, it, it's it's not a fun it's it, it's not uh, necessarily a, a fun story. But you know, good to see someone who uh, claims to be a victim of abuse to have been paid uh, and, and receive some compensation for what happened to them. Um, it's finally um, before we we end the show. We're gonna t- instead of ending it last week, we ended it on a bit of a of, of a of a depressing note. But this time we're going to talk about uh, something which is a bit more, you know, well, it, it's upsetting to a few people, but it's not, uh, it's not depressing. They say we're, we're moving on to much more light territory, and it's um, the game Wordle. Uh, I don't know if any of you have played it. I am addicted. I've been playing it for a number of weeks. Uh, I know a few of my friends have played it as well. Uh, it's made me question whether I actually know English quite well, or if I'm, you know... You know, just been going through this um, without actually knowing the language most of my life. If you don't know what Wordle is, it was this website made by uh, during the first one of the first lockdowns by this uh, tech developer, which pretty much you have uh, a number of tries to guess. I think six tries to guess a five-letter word. So you put in, let's say, uh, crane, for example, if your word is crane, and then the, if 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 a letter is in the right place, the letter will be green. And if it's in the word but not in the right place, it'll be orange. And if it's not in the word, it's going to be black. So it's 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 very fun. Um, however, this fun uh, is starting to come slowly to an end because a lot of fans are upset uh, at the New York Times. Now, why are they upset at the New York Times? That's because the New York Times, who have um, that's the American newspaper, they've got a lot of they've got a game section with crosswords and a lot of other literary games. They bought Wordle. Uh, it was sold to them. I think they bought it for a couple million. Um, and um, over the last week, over the weekend, um, it moved from its original web address to one run by the New York Times. And a lot of fans have been unhappy because of two reasons. 
one um the um the the game has been judged to be harder uh, a lot of the fans and and uh, you know uh, I would agree. Uh, I, I, I'm actually stuck on today's word. I was doing it on the bus. I uh, came back from Dundee before I came in uh, to do the show today, and I still haven't finished it because I just can't think of what it is. Um, so a lot of fans have, have, have said that it's gone harder, uh, which the New York Times has strictly denied. Uh, what they have admitted to, though, is that they've removed a lot of words that they will deem offensive, which I'm not allowed to say on air. But, you know, you, it, it, it's not necessarily swear words, but it's, you know, words that um you know you wouldn't necessarily want to say in public um so those words have been taken out um and, and a lot of fans have not been happy uh because as i said it seems to have gone more difficult and one of the beauties of wordle uh some people have said uh actually i'll read you a tweet from this uh, from this doctor called denise wald the on twitter she says one of the joys of wordle was that it was not too hard it was a brief respite of feeling like things in the world were actually solvable. And New York Times has come along and ruined it. Dude, it's not supposed to be like the New York Times crossword. It's like Jumble, only shorter. Uh, and I can very much understand where she's coming from. Um, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's, meant, it's not meant to be um, a big literary problem. Uh, but again, New York Times has denied they've made it harder. But again, fans will say, well, you know, they have choice now over which words get put in. So in essence, if they choose words which are less common, then they will make it harder, which is the line of thinking by many fans. So um, that's a shame to see. Hopefully, um, hopefully, um, I mean, this is not a spoiler, but the, the word from three days ago was, was 16th. That is what? Yeah, it's two days ago. The, so it actually the word changes every day on Wordle. So that's the, every 24 hours you get a new word you have to guess, and everyone's supposed to have the same word, uh, which makes it fun. So it's like, have you gotten it? Have you you know has your friend gotten it? Have you gotten it? Did you get it wrong? How many tries did it take them? Uh, the word uh, two days ago was agora. I still don't know what that means. Uh, that's probably maybe it's, maybe that'll be deemed to be a bad thing. Tom, how do you not know what agora means? I'm sorry. Um, uh, you know my bad. Um, to me, that sounds just, you know, like something out of science fiction. Um, so, you know, people were not happy that that was a word and that it was much harder. Anyway, that was the final news story of today. I'm going to just talk a little bit about where you can find us on, on, on uh, you know, what are the plans for next week. Uh, a few just little tidbits before we play uh, the final song. So, as I mentioned earlier, the podcast is now available on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, which, by I say the podcast, I mean this, the radio show, uh, you know, the, the live, you know, I, I cut out, you know, like the beginning and end of, uh, you know, if there's any like radio silence or if there's any um, uh, autoplay playlist between the different shows. Um, but yeah, we put it on, we put on, I put it on Spotify and Apple Music. So if you want to take a listen to that, go ahead. If you want to hurt your ears and listen to me a second time, uh, well, go ahead. Actually, I won't, I, I'm not going to blame you if you want to do it, but you know, um, you know, I don't know why you. I don't know why you'd want to torture yourself listening to me a second time. Um, so that's really good news. Uh, as I said, I will be on next week. I will be. You know, I may. I'm going on break, but I'm not going on break from the show. I'll be back in the studio for Friday, so I'll be there next week, um, giving you the top news. Sorry if there was a bit of uh, a few tangents uh, uh, today. I really tried to prepare. I really tried to make sure it was all good. But, you know, it's been a very busy week for everyone uh, in terms of different classes and, 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 and whatnot. Um, 
Good news is, though, we've got, uh, well, I'm going to say 90% confirmed because we never know because everyone's plans changes. But we have two guests coming on the next two weeks. So the next, the next two episodes should, in theory, have next week, hopefully, inshallah, should have uh, Laith Al-Abri, a good friend of mine, uh, who will come on and, you know, we, we've known each other since we were 12. So, you know, this should be a good show, should be a... I'll have him react to different news stories. And the week after, we should have a first-year IR student and the overall great-looking guy, Powell Nielsen, should, uh, should be coming on. Now, I say should be. Again, you know, could, things could change. Things, plans could change. But that was, that was the dispatch for today. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope you nice little catch-up with news stories. I'll try and include a bit more fun ones, a bit more tidbits uh, next week uh, than last week. But I hope you enjoyed the music. And, you know, we've had, we started with some R&B. We had some hip-hop in the middle. Why not end with some R&B again? And for the last song today, is going to be Miss Lauren Hill with her great song X Factor from her album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, one of the most influential R&B hip-hop albums uh, of all time. Really hope you enjoy it. Major Tom, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Have a great day.
Cause no